Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be in the world. I welcome you to another episode of Align with Lina. And today I am really excited to bring to you a friend and a colleague who we have connected because we both see this, this world in very much the same way. We, we have a real good understanding about what's happening. Not only are we open to learn from one another and from those who are who have gone before us, but we are also committed to helping those who who are seeking our assistance and navigating the turbulence of what is known as the Great Awakening, the the shift, the ascension. All kinds of names are being given to this very important time in the history of humanity, where we're literally shifting from one consciousness to another. So please welcome my dear friend, Ginny of Love. Thank you so much for being here and for, for being just such a wonderful um, example of the work that we all have to do to get to the place that we really truly feel like we have ascended um, or we are in the process of ascension or that we have awakened or that we are achieving whatever it is that we wanna call it, which is all at the bottom, uh, you know, bottom line is that we're achieving a level of alignment within ourselves that allows us to be at peace and navigate with ease with what is happening. So thank you, Jenny, for coming and joining me today. So excited to have you here. Thank you. So I'm going to start this question uh, with you the way that I started with everybody. Okay. When did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you have been taught you were supposed to do, be, and have in order to live your life right? Like, that's such a great question, but it's like the when is not real specific for me. But I do have some lines of demarcation that if I look back from this side of it, I can go, ah, oh, I was starting to find it then. But if I go back earlier, I can see evidence even earlier, but it was clearly that I didn't understand. But 2015, January, I was like, that was the time that really broke me out. And it was, it came after a dark night of the soul, which wasn't a night. And I don't know if anybody has ever experienced a night that was dark, <laughs> right? But it was a period of time where things were crumbling in my life. And so my caterpillar was very fine with being her caterpillar, highly successful, valedictorian, engineer, you know, things were going well and then things were not going well. And all the structures that I had in my life were crumbling. Um, not all of them, but certainly a lot of them. And then January 1st was the, the day that kind of was my line for me. And it was a spiritual awakening that came through no longer drinking alcohol. So that was a big part of it. But, you know, I thought my goal was to just like get back my body and my health and not drink alcohol. But little did I know that all along that my soul and my higher self and all other essence of myself were really encouraging me to drink as much alcohol as I could in order to get to the place where I wasn't half-assing it. Sorry. You know, so I wasn't doing it with some mediocrity that I really needed to go all in so that I could deeply surrender that. So that was January 1st. And so that next year was trying to honor my body. And, and now that I'm, I, now that I'm on this side of it, I know that my body is the part that really is requiring me to take a lot of love and care on this ascension path. That is the slowest to migrate and it's the, the one that gets like the least credit. Like my soul is already existing in a higher consciousness level. She's not really ascending so much. It's the body going through the physical aspects. So that year was no drinking 
and and no more self-abuse talk and, and like all these things that had slowly crept in um, had to um, be surrendered. And and then the next year was my body. And 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 each time it was I, I'm working on the meanness that this this human part, but I didn't know that I was activating a higher level of spiritual consciousness. So I was totally unaware. And then all of a sudden I realized that that life was easier and I was more compassionate to people and that I was living in service to others. And that was that transition service to self service to others. And that was January 1st, 2015. Wow. Oh my goodness. So you, you gave me so many little nuggets that we can uh, just grab and, and move in so many different directions. But I, I totally agree with you. It's not just the dark night of the soul. It really, I call it the dark years of the ego because <laughs> my soul has no issue with it. You know, our soul wants to emerge. Yeah. So it is, it is the dark years of, of the ego mind where we're yeah. getting learning what that is that's been blocking our soul from being what it is and then the other piece that you were talking about um about your body i absolutely have realized that it is not our soul that is ascending our soul is all that is it is one with all that is right. our our access to that aspect of soul happens through our body We're 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 the embodiment of the soul yeah. and the work with the body is so crucial you know we do have to purify the body you know the mind has to be purified but so does the body say more about about the your relationship with your body because i definitely have had to shift my relationship with my body yeah the the body has been an ongoing process where my soul will direct me to do things and it will sound like my own voice and it will be counter to what I was normally doing. I remember that I joined a weight loss group that my sister was in and I was not interested at all. But that set me on a course for learning about how thoughts and feelings connected. And, and, and as a byproduct, I lost weight. So that was one part of it. But then now when I think about the body, I have a, a, a team of spiritual energies that I help me with clearing body energies and I call them my entourage because I don't exactly know who or what they are and they're constantly changing and evolving and also bringing in new energies um, and, and they show up in different characters. Some of them we uh, just energy and light and then the other day um, Andrew Dice Clay came in as an energy to help me bring in a spiritual team to help clear my body and so it's just it's very curious, but I changed my food protocol and it was just, I saw a webinar that I wasn't seeking and, and I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like it's going to allow me to let go of things that I feel very attached to. And I'm looking now, what am I attached to and think I can't live without? And, and giving small tries on those and then realizing, yes, that was my soul directing me towards helping my body to lighten up towards whatever is necessary for this ascension. And it's like a vibration plate maybe called in to do one time. Um, so going sitting in the sun, but it's usually things that you wouldn't read online. Is my soul doesn't tell me the obvious stuff. It doesn't say go sit in meditation. It's very unusual stuff that I just go, oh, okay, I'm gonna try that. And afterwards I'm like, I got you. Entourage, I know what you're doing. I see you now. Yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing about that is that you have cultivated a, a very clear listening to yes. that guidance. Yeah. And I wasn't able to cultivate a listening to my higher self, God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it, 
But that guidance that wants to assist us, we have to learn how to listen to it because we've been drowning it out by listening to the ego, by listening to what the world thinks, what the world says, what the experts say. Mm -hmm. And I have had to come to the place, and probably you have too, where there are no experts outside of me, none whatsoever. And if I'm guided to go to an expert, it's not because they're going to teach me something. It's because I was guided to receive whatever they're 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 doing because it's just the next piece on my journey. It's the next piece piece of my puzzle, next piece of my puzzle. And it is not to give them power, but it is because they are part of the journey. They are a stepping stone on this incredible journey that we're on. How wonderful is that? My my relationship with my, my body changed drastically. I used to be when I was young, I always was super tiny and skinny. And I used to take advantage of, you know, oh, this is my body. I'm going to flaunt it. What can my body get me? I mean, it was envy. Oh, yeah, the girls are envy because I'm skinny and, you know, whatever and buff and and uh, fit. Oh, yeah, that that fed my ego big time. Yeah. And of course, the relationship little by little has changed to where this body is just a vessel. But it's my job to keep it clean. It's my job to keep it operating in optimal health to the point that foods, I've, I've dropped my desire for meats. For I eat very, very little fish and, and chicken now. It's very, very, very minimal. But I only eat what I feel like eating. It's, it's, and it, the desires for, for things that are unhealthy no longer satisfy because they're low frequency. Yes. And that's something that I've learned is to to look at the frequency of food. It matches. It has to match the frequency of my consciousness. Yeah. Do you find that too? Yeah, I do. And for me, sugar and flour were low frequency. And they caused me to shift immediately into an ego structure. And it, it came from just hearing the way I had a relationship with a cake that I cooked in 2015. And I don't normally bake. So if anybody hears me saying I've cooked a cake, they're like, She's lying because that's not even normally her. But, but I cooked it for my daughter. And then I realized that we all had a slice that day. But then the next couple of days, I was battling with my own self about this, this cake and nobody else in the house was. And that was the beginning of it. So for me, sugar and flour were definitely the ones that had to go in anything that was highly processed. And then pretty much um, my food comes from the refrigerator and, 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 if, and herbs the garden and oils and things like that. So I'm working on the potential of letting go of animal products. I haven't done that yet. I'm waiting honestly for my guidance to share with me that it's time for that. And yeah. I keep asking and asking and they said, it's not necessary yet for you that you will know when it's exactly the right time. So I just like being very patient with that for me to change out of what I'm doing right now might include grains. Might, I might need to incorporate the things that are in the pantry that I've already just sort of surrendered the need for those. So it would take a big shift and I'm willing to do that at any time that I receive the guidance. Yeah. And I do yes. some like muscle yeah. testing with vitamins. I do muscle testing with food to check in. I ask my intuitive guidance with that. Oh, love, love, love that. Well, you know, part of the, the topic uh, for today was for us to talk about what what is the, the process of awakening? How, how does that differ from being aware in terms of what awakening is as far as the ascension journey? But this is part of what awakening requires is a real deep self-awareness, but also a listening, a getting guidance, yeah. because 
to, to me to be awake, you are no longer getting your information, your truths, your, your, uh, you know, authorities outside of you. It comes from within. It comes from that inner source that is guiding us so that we can follow it because it is going to give us as I have been uh, told, it gives us the perfect path for ascension. Mm -hmm. you, you can't move into ascension if you're listening to your ego. The ego is the block to ascension. So this process of choosing the foods that you eat, you know, that that's when we did that to me in the self-awareness phase, especially when so many people want to be vegan or want to be uh, vegetarian because it's the spiritual thing to do. Right. That awareness is good that you want to change. I mean, it's necessary. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for that that awareness first. Know that that it might just be healthier for you to eat those ways versus um, another way. But it's very different when that guidance comes from the inside. Yeah. And to me, that those are distinctions between awareness and awakening is what what am I being guided to from the inside versus, oh, what's the popular thing to do because I'm spiritual? which is more of a mental construct. Yeah, that's kind of why I really love that I'm not vegetarian or vegan yet, because it's for me, it's I, I smile inside because I feel like my guidance is telling me to stay exactly where I am with my food protocol, regardless of how it would make me appear so much more elevated in the community if I were just to say, oh, yes, I'm vegan and, and look at me, you know. Yeah. Exactly, because for a very long time, I, I was not vegetarian. I mean, I'm definitely have never been vegan and I'm not fully vegetarian. I just I just lost about two years ago the desire for any red meat gone. I yeah. mean, overnight it was gone. And so then I just only did fish and, and chicken. But the most important thing about that is that for a very long time, I felt guilty because I wasn't a vegetarian. And here I've been a spiritual teacher for 15 years in coaching. And there was a part of me that felt a level of, yeah, I'm not, I haven't ascended because I'm not vegan. And that was really important in, in recognizing that when the guidance comes from the inside, it has nothing to do with what the world says you're supposed to do at this level or that level to, to appear to be more of this or less of that. That's right. And that's such an important thing. Well, what are other things that you have um, noticed that are big distinctions between being, being aware and being awake? I'll give you an example for me. The, that whole saying about walking the talk, when I was aware, I could definitely, I could talk it all day long. I could talk about what spirituality was. I could talk about what enlightenment is. I could teach it. I could coach it. And I could definitely tell everybody else, but was I walking it? Was I in the embodiment of the presence of unconditional love? And to me, in the awakening phase, it's like, okay, can I, can I love all that is? Can I be with all that is? Because one of the things that you learn in the awareness phase is that everything is one. So if I'm not treating everything as myself, love your neighbor as yourself, then then something is off. What what are some things that you have experienced or maybe speak to love um, in terms of your shift from just being aware of it to the embodiment of it, which to me is what to be awake is. Yeah. Let's see if I can put words to it because I think the more the more awake I am, the less words that I have for it. And it's, it is literally more like a feeling and it's like, I'm just here with it. And, and I think that's 
partly what you were discussing also, I was able to verbalize things and there was a, an extreme amount of consumption, curiosity that would send me off researching and a whole lot of excitement and needing to share with other people. And, a, and I would say a whiff of desperation that um, now that I know a need for other people to know and a need to be a guide and to be of service in, in a way that did have a smell of desperation. And when I think of that, I imagine the 12 strands of DNA. And I think that my right hand strands, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, these are my more masculine strands, my more masculine energies. And they're associated with um, different energies in the universe that have a little bit more manipulation and control. And on my left-hand side, my female side, these are the more um, feminine energies, but they're a little bit less in a control. They're more compassion and freedom and expansion. Together, they come together nicely. But as I was growing and evolving, stepping up in my DNA structure also, I could see that I could shift into a, a need to help other people in a way that was more manipulating. And it was just me being in a higher vibration, but on my right-hand side. Mm -hmm. And so as I evolve higher, closer to, to a, the highest level of structure, Christ consciousness, consciousness for me, Christ embodiment, then that is a level above all the duality, above all the polarity. So in any moment, I'm switching my dials in and out of all these frequencies all day long. And for me, the clue is what is the feeling that I have? What is my motivation behind it? And now I kind of have an idea. Oh, if I feel confident, it's often a high level right hand side. If I feel open and compassionate, oh, okay, it's like a mid-level left-hand side. But when I was just in the awareness, it was very much along the right-hand side. It's the, the part of me that uses the left brain in order to consume things and to share with other people in service to others, but still in my more masculine dominated side. And I think yeah. paths to ascension, a lot of people either follow a left, a left brain path or a right brain path. And I think for me, that 2015 shift, what that did for me, it was to really lay down my left hand side. It said that 44 years of being left brain could simmer down for a little bit. And let's let's see what the right brain would open up. And that's that to me was a big difference. And I do believe that people go through ascension using a left brain path. Um, but for me, it was a very right brain. Hmm. Very, very cool. Interesting. I've not, not heard it uh, put that way. But it, as you were sharing, it reminded me of, um, you know, I'm a student and a teacher of A Course in Miracles. I've been hmm. teaching from it for about 10 years. And there is a section in there, it, one of the, the pamphlets that is added to the to the back of the book. Um, and it's uh, about prayer. And there is a ladder, the ladder of prayer. And as you were speaking, I, I was thinking of my journey, it's like a, like a ladder, climbing up the ladder of knowledge, a spiral really it is more what it's like. And when I was becoming aware, I was always, you know, move a step up in, in awareness, let's say to people around me, because I was learning things that they didn't know. Then I was reaching down and I was extending my hand because I wanted to pull them up with me. I didn't want to go by myself. I wanted to take everybody that I knew that I loved. But as the journey continued and I continue to ascend, it, it's, it's, a, it's a ladder of consciousness. I mean, that's just what happens. Right. As you continue to ascend, what I began to realize is that I was at levels that were the knowledge that I had 
was accumulated over years. And then I really realized that it was over lifetimes that had just been activated in me. There is no longer a need to try and pull somebody up. Right. There is just a recognition, okay, these are all the different levels that we can be at. And each and every one of us is where we want to be. Yeah. And that to me was a an, an awareness and awakening that was very different from awareness. Awareness, I really thought it was my job to share this with everybody. Yes. Not only was it my job to share it with everybody that I knew, but I had to become a New York Times bestseller author so I could <laughs> share it with everybody and then make millions of dollars while I was at it because then I would be one of the oh my gosh. special spiritual teachers. I think I think all of us share very similar yeah. <laughs> stories. That's but part of it, right? Yeah. It's part of it because the ego mind is trained into the more you learn, the more of an expert you are, the more special you are, the more money you should make. Yes. So as our mind is is receiving beautiful, wonderful tr uh, truths, our ego is figuring out, well, what am I going to do with all this? How, how am I going to use spirituality to my advantage? And then came that time when the awakening phase was expanding for me. And the recognition that if we're all one, who doesn't have this? You know, who am I to say who doesn't have this? Right. And who am what I is, to say that they're at the wrong stage from where they're exactly supposed to be? Their lessons are right there in front of them. And when I can do that, oh my gosh, to be able to hold that space for everybody to be on their path exactly where they are without needing them to go any faster or slower and, and or in a different way than I did, that to me is is the sweet spot. And that's that is a big distinction for me between awakening and awareness and why it's really important, I think, to to be honest with ourselves so that we can be very clear about where we are ourselves because the ascension process is a very personal individual process and to be to be awake and recognize where we are in the whole of of what is happening here then it makes it easier for me to allow myself because ascension is not anything i that i know um as it's been shown to it's not something that i do it's something i let myself be ascended into a higher level of consciousness into a, a another frequency but i have to be awake to allow that where when i was in awareness i was forcing and making it thinking i could do it but you can't rise when you're working it, it it's it's a paradox yeah what is isabel let me see what's isabel saying wait okay. i don't need to be come to your time <laughs> <laughs> no isabel you can give that up you can absolutely give that up if it's, if it's, <laughs> but, but let me just say this, Isabel, that's a wonderful question. Um, don't stop doing what you are inspired to do. So if you are inspired, if your guidance tells you to send your manuscript in and your books are amazing, your documentary is amazing. No wonder you're winning so many awards. Do what you're guided to do. But the part that is important, I think, to understand is that we are not making that happen that will happen because you're following guidance it just it's it's an effortless thing you know this is a, a no doing jenny share more about your experience with getting to that place where you just trust everybody is where they are oh yeah it i remember when i was 
there was a, a recent breakthrough and it, it keeps leveling up over and over again. And when I think I've gotten to that spot, then I, I've, I break through again even more. But the most recent one was when I opened up my Facebook group and I took two months off of um, I took two months off of social media for a digital detox. And I didn't exactly know why, but a part of it was, is that I noticed that if you said the word email or Facebook or Instagram, my hand immediately went to my device, checked, liked a few things and put it down. It was just like that habit. And so I, when I decided to take a little 30 day detox, it was somebody had mentioned a book and I'm getting really good at not reading books anymore, Lina, to be honest with you. I just put my hands on the books or I read the title and I download the information. So I was like, yes, I understand that book and I want to take a detox. But what I what I also knew is that my soul put me on that path for a reason so that when I did come back to Facebook, it was going to be for an, a new evolved place. And so I was told to create a Facebook group. But my ego said, sweetheart, we can't do that because you're going to have to like it, all the problems that it thought that the microcosm of the group was going to be uh, the, all the macrocosm was going to be shoved in there. And I, and, but my soul said, it doesn't have to be that way if you don't set the intention for it that way. So I've created this group and it's, it's like a little test to see what would 5d earth look like? What would the, but, and I haven't even forced rules upon the group. And yet so far it's, it's a month in, but everybody's playing nicely and it's just you know for me the excitement of just seeing how how things can happen without forcing people to toe the line or do what i say and and i'm just watching and observing um not specifically coaching people like i thought i might not there's and other people say well you need to do a thing on monday and a thing on tuesday and don't do this too much and don't do that too much and that's that's totally fine but they're not my higher self and my higher self constantly gives me like, you need to talk about this, get on and talk about this. And it has nothing to do with any kind of analytics or anything else like that. And so I'm just enjoying. And what I'm showing is that this is an opportunity for me to share in a way and also for me to see how do I be a leader, um, but not in the traditional sense where there's hierarchy. And, yeah. and that's important. And that's what the ascension is all about, yeah. is bringing us all into equality. But but to come to that, you know, I'm going to put the ascension here and yeah. the unconscious over here. You become aware, then you begin to awaken and automatically the awakening, being awake, you, you gravitate, you walk your talk. So the things that we say, uh, for example, that we're all one, well, then there is a recognition of our equality. There's a recognition that there is no need for hierarchy. It just becomes an effortless thing because each person knows um, because they're guided. They're also guided. They bring the right thing at the right time. What needs to be said gets said and nobody has to take credit for being the, the, the boss or the one at the top or the president or the head or the whatever. And that is part of what is to me so beautiful about this, this world that we're ascending is to be able to co-create that, that uh, as our lived experience, yeah. we have to let go of all of these egoic constructs of hierarchy, of, of uh, separation, of haves and have nots, of win and losers. And, you know, who's the boss, who's not, 
And those are the things that are the dark, not the dark years of the ego is undoing all of those mental constructs of how things should be done on planet Earth versus how our soul knows they could be done. Right. And I spent a long time talking and I still do talking to my ego and, and letting her know that um, I don't talk to her like a lot of other people do. My ego is my amigo. My, I, I tell her that she can ride next to me in the car now, that I, ha I envision a motorcycle with a sidecar and she's in the sidecar and she can tell me all her thoughts and things that she wants to share, but she doesn't get to run that. She doesn't get to drive anymore, but she's on for the ride. And I appreciate everything she offers to me. And that way, as I ascend, she will be able to ascend in higher consciousness, which is what I'm hoping that every creation that I've ever had, every thought, ever feeling come with, like we're all going. And, and so every moment of shame gets to be raised in, in, in higher consciousness. When I shine the light of love on my ego, she is so beautiful. And she kept me in physical form. So she was a hero in my journey. And, and why would I want to poo-poo on that part of my the hero? She got me. Without her, I would be a spirit out of body. And my spirit, my essence needed a physical body. So therefore I got the ego. So she is a, a huge part of my of the, my love. And so I talk to her all the time and I just share with her how grateful I am of her, how thankful I am that she's done everything she did for me. And I don't shame her, but I've, I've come to the place where I don't. And, and when I hear other people shaming their ego and talking down to their ego, I just give them the space. I don't school them anymore. See, that's the difference. In the awareness stage, I let them know <laughs> that they could do like me. But now I just do like me. And if, if somebody sees a difference in me and they ask, oh, they've used free will and they're inquiring. And then I feel, then I ask them if they truly uh, double down, do you really want to know the answer? And if they do, then I go all in. Yeah, but I love my ego. Yeah, well, that, that's a, a wonderful part of, of respecting the journey where everybody is where they are. And yeah. yes, understanding the ego. And, and I had to cultivate a relationship also with my ego. And I used to call it my amigo. Course in Miracles has given me a very different perspective. So now my relationship with that is totally, totally different. But that's a, a totally different story. And when we feel we find something that assists us and helps us feel comfortable in our process we need to learn to honor it for ourselves yeah. but that's what teaches us to honor it for other people and that is what is so crucial about this this ascension is we are ascending we are being lifted into a frequency of love and in a frequency of love accepting all that is Allowing everything to be as it is, is, is part of the work, um, which is kind of interesting. You know, we got to call it work because you're just being the love that you are. So it's really not work, but let's, let's turn this around. Yeah. Um, you and I are, are very clear about the, the, the magnitude of this universe, the vastness. I mean, I, I, I don't, don't fully comprehend the vastness of something that's infinite because my mind can only go so far, but I am totally completely in, in allowance that it is way beyond my comprehension. Yeah. And I already accept a, a lot of vastness. I accept guidance. I accept the non-physical beings that live in all kinds of different places, the different varieties, the different 
um, uh, oh, I, the word is escaping me, but the different types of consciousnesses that are appearing as us as human beings, those who appear as Arcturians or Pleiadians or whatever it is. Yes. How did you come to open up your mind to accept all of that? Let me just stop there. How did you come to accept that there was so much more than just humans it being the most intelligent at, ones? It came at hearing words and along my journey where I first, I think first it started with listening to some podcasts that talked nothing about spirituality. And they mentioned Byron Katie and Abraham, Abraham Hicks. So I'm like, who are these two guys? Which is so funny because not our guys. So Byron's not a guy. Right? Not our guys. And, and so <laughs> listening to Abraham, listening to Esther Hicks, that was the first foyer into that kind of, what is this non-physical energy called Abraham? And I think I didn't even get that for like a week that that's what she was channeling. And, and then I did, but by then I was so into the love of what she was sharing, I was all in. But then other things would mention things. I remember hearing different other um, non-physical energy groups. And I was like, it was a no, a definite block. Like, don't say those words. Don't visit that. And I, I, I put it to the side and I was like, that's scary. And every time it's been scary, like within six months to a year later, coming back around, it's like, oh, it's, that was just me protecting my heart. And it, but it, it, at the very beginning, it was a lot of no. And then and then coming, my soul would direct me around in another direction and I would go all the way around the block and come back around to it. And it's like, oh, yes. OK, now, now is I'm ready for that. But it started with Abraham and then it just grew from there. And then I got a coffee cup that helped me to not feel so scared about different things. And it's just some simple, small stuff. But yes, now I'm all in. <laughs> I couldn't be more all yeah. in. For me, it was the same way. It was with Abraham up until then. You know, I grew up Catholic and, and there, there's nothing out there. And the government told me that, you know, anything outside, they're, they're bad people, that the aliens are bad and they're, they're going to hurt us so that they're pro the government's protecting us from any of these aliens invading right. us. Because, uh, you know, I watched all those movies. But when I began to listen to Abraham, this probably... Um, I started my awakening, my journey began 2002. So this was probably 2003. It was about a year in. And I began to listen to Abraham. And then from that, I went to Seth. And then from that, I went to Bashar. And I began to listen to these, <laughs> these consciousnesses that are being channeled through these humans. And then I began to listen to Cryon. And, and yes. from there, I mean, there's been probably, I can't tell you. So right, I can't to, even name them now, right? Oh, well over I had like five. And then yeah. also I was around a dozen. And now... Oh yeah, it's, there's way over a hundred because I listened to some podcast or some uh, YouTube's where they interview all kinds of different people, and the numbers are are beyond my keeping track of anymore. And then I began to have my own experiences. I was having my own encounters with Jesus, and as I'm receiving consciousness called as Jesus giving me guidance, then I knew there was so much more. But then I began to be taken in dreams. 
into the, the outer realms and began to meet these benevolent beings in, in my dreams in beautiful, amazing ways because I had to deprogram myself from what the government taught me and also from the, you know, the, the people who had been abducted and the experiments that they were done to. So I had all these negative things that, that deliberately, uh, I believe, kept me from connecting yeah. But it wasn't until I began to expand that I began to realize the vastness of the what we call God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it, um, doesn't need a name. That began to really activate a level of peace inside of me, unlike anything I had ever felt. Because now I knew not only are we not alone, but we are like this tiny little speck that is held held, lovingly held in the arms of the entire universe as if we are the little pearl that is getting created. We're this little, right now, scraggly little oyster that is still being held and, and going through the process of eventually turning into this beautiful pearl. And that, to me, really solidified my, my love and an appreciation for what I now call God. I used to call it God, and then I hated God, and I called it spirit, I called it universe, you know, I called it all kinds of names, and then came back around to, you know, God is okay. Actually, told me to call it Jesus, which is an acronym for God is the source of the energy of love. Hmm. And that connection shifted everything. What about for you? It's so funny that you mentioned the names of God. I've gone through evolutions and I cycle back and through and different people use different names also. So I switch in and out depending on who I talk to. And, and God told me that I could use the word wonder at one point and told me that I was wonderful. And I was like, thank you. No, And then he said, no, you don't understand. You're full of wonder. You're full of me. And I was like, oh, then that's exciting and I said yeah. so wonderful he goes isn't it you are and I was like oh I am I am wonderful and they thought we had this whole dialogue and that came from reading a book um this I forgot what your question was I got so excited about wonder so anyhow <laughs> no about your connection with the allness yeah that it, it it was slow but sure and and but now this this completely open and I feel like I can tap into it at any moment. And it's like, it's the breath is really like crazy because I really didn't understand how simple and easy the breath can be. And that bringing back to that still point is so easy for me now. And that the awakened meditative state, just being present, that is, it's, I think, to break past the third dimensional barrier, that, that literal barrier between the solar plexus and the heart, I think once I was able to see past the veil there, then I could tap into the all, the oneness and, and, and really be in that essence. And, and now I can't go back to forgetting. And I think yeah. that's for, I think that's what the ascension is for humanity. But I think that there are a lot of souls that are here that are bigger than the regular human soul essence. I think they come from different places and that through ascension, they won't land in the fifth dimensional area. So I think what was going to happen is this, there's going to be a graduation and everybody gets a choice on where they're going, depending on where their frequency is. And I think that's exciting. But tapping into the oneness is, is just a sense of 
it just it's like this most sense of calm and being at peace of where I am. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I love hearing that as you were saying that I got the visual of of like regular life as, as a way to to put this in chronolo chronological order. Um, you know, the, the elementary years is like the awareness we're learning yes. about our spiritual part. And then the middle school, high school years is we're awakening, we're, we're expanding beyond the elementary knowledge of who we are. Yeah. And then the, the, the time when you go and work your career is like the ascension, you're going to get pulled in, you do not know what your job's going to be, what exactly yes. you're going to do five years, but you right. know, you trust that you're going to get sucked into this, this uh, vortex. Um, and, and like you were saying, knowing that that is there it is so helpful and so peaceful. Let's talk about how in a practical uh, way, are you helping your clients or people who may, you know, friends who may talk to you about these things yes. or in your, in your group? Because for me, the whole spiritual stuff is all well and good, but if we're not using it in a practical way, then it is, oh, Karen, you're so welcome. I'm glad that this is helping you. Um, you're happy to hear this. Absolutely beautiful when we get to, this is why I do these conversations to, to expose more of the information that so many of us have for whoever needs to grab a nugget to grab it. Um, but let's make it practical because there are a lot of people, well, one of the things that I didn't talk about in, in that school analogy, before you enter elementary school and become aware, before that you're asleep in, in the analogy, you're operating in this world and you have no idea that there is a, such a thing as, a, you don't even know what awareness is all about. So many people are still asleep, unaware that there's even a an opportunity to become self-aware. Yeah. How are you helping people? What would you say to help people navigate what is happening in the world right now because you have the awareness that you have about the distinctions from being asleep to waking up and what ascension is all about? Yeah. I think the first thing I do is I check in with myself to make sure that I'm in a vibration that's able to offer anything to anybody first. And if I'm not, then I withdraw from that. So I just check in with myself and that's just an honoring of my own body. And then if I'm speaking one-on-one -on -one with somebody else, then I can sense with my own empathic ability where they are. And then I get guidance from my guides as to what would be most useful in the moment. And so for a lot of my clients that come to me, they're, they're, they now have evolved to this masterful level of understanding that thoughts create things. I mean, it's like, that's amazing. We could go our whole life and we have never understanding that. So that's very much the left brain of looking at thoughts and feelings. Thoughts create feelings, feelings create actions, actions create things. And for some of my clients, that's all, that's the best, that's the best I can do for them is to work in that arena. But if they stay with me for a hot minute, then very quickly they sense that I'm, I've got a bag of tricks over here and they wanna know what else is here. And so we go into a lot of subconscious reprogramming because if, if we're able to have a new, once we get a level of awareness, then we have a level of responsibility. They go hand in hand. The responsibility brings a higher level of awareness and for me, subconscious. If, if we believe in some part of us that we're not worthy, not enough, not safe, then the world at large looks like the enemy and 2020 yeah. looked like a shitstorm. 
But if we had already gotten out ahead of the curve, as Abraham says, and had already cleared those things up, then 2020 was just a roller coaster ride that you know you can navigate from a higher perspective. So you could go woo. You could go woo. Yes, and just see it and be amazed and all the things. But if I'm if I have a whole group of people in front of me trying to talk to them, I am going to miss the bar on on some of it because I'm trying to hit at a level that will be beneficial. But some people are going to be irritated and inflamed, and some people are going to be bored. So trying to find a group that has a cohesion enough to be able to gently, I'm, it's like turning up the heat, gently turn up the heat so the frog doesn't boil. You know, it's like that. It's like ascension. It's like my, I just realized this, it's like my higher self is doing for me, bringing in enough light into my body so I don't short, short circuit. I do the same for my clients. So we do tapping. We do something called crisscross applesauce and some other things. And that works on the subconscious. We look then at their second chakra. What kind of addictions do they have? What are they willing to surrender? Start letting those go. But we don't start there because the subconscious really needs a lot of love. And then we, we head straight into thoughts, thoughts and things. That's the ego structure. And after they've gotten some of that down, I head straight into a spiritual aspect. And that's when we start to create caves of creation and we spend our time walking and doing meditative stuff and get creating our own cave and and bringing in our spiritual masters to help us with healing and talking to our dna bringing in more light and that's when it gets really really fun but if i have a whole group of people in front of me i turn into my clark kent character i kind of keep the spiritual aspect to the side because i don't want to inflame um, the unconscious that's not conscious of being unconscious. For me, I talk about that. It's like we're mm -hmm. unconscious and then we're conscious of being unconscious. And that's one of the most difficult stages, you know, and then we're conscious of being conscious and then we're aware. And then after that, then we hit into ascension. Yeah, it, it is a lot, a lot of different steps, a lot of different levels to, to move through and, for the most part, for me, the if I have a room of people to speak with, they're already at a, at a level already. that I don't have to think about that because, you know, the, the work that I'm doing is the transcending the ego side. So that's a totally different story. Yeah. Um, but to understand that we are in a classroom, Course in Miracles says that everything is a lesson God would have us learn. We are in a classroom to to discover how did we forget what we are mm. so that in the remembering of what we are we can act more like that so if we are love how do we forget we're love well we learn to fear when we were children so once you as you were talking about the subconscious mind holds all those those experiences the trauma the beliefs the associations all of those things that are that are held in our subconscious mind there has to be a willingness to look to kind of open up Pandora's box yeah. and see how the world that we live as adults is a projection. It's a creation of something that was imagined by us when we were little, that, that those ideas of who we are and, and how life is supposed to be begins to take shape and form until it becomes the reality that we live in. So I love how you said you gain awareness of that. How, how did you create this reality? 
But then the biggest part, what well, one of the biggest parts is that responsibility to change it. If you don't like it, change it. Yeah. I actually make my clients declare that they're responsible so that there's someone that. just hears that. And, that. And, and then they can start to gain that ownership of what they have. And sometimes I don't even like when we do tapping at the beginning, it's they don't know how great the change is. I get it so playful that it's a sneaky way of coming at them so that they're already making great changes without even knowing what's going on. And by the time that they've gotten used to the tapping, then then all of a sudden their willingness is already there because yeah. they've already told their body it's okay, I'm safe, it's good. And willingness is it's that that switches just the next step on. It's just like, okay, yeah, of course, of course I'm willing. That is so beautiful and it's so powerful. And, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing that work because right now, as things continue to fall apart, as these structures that we thought were there to protect us, that we yeah. thought social security would be there to take care of us financially down the road, the medical system would be there to make sure I'm always well, the government was going to do this, that or the other, or this, all these different institutions, the education system would always educate my children how I want them educated. Yeah. As these things are breaking down, they're offering us an opportunity to question those subconscious beliefs, that internalized programming. Yes. And of course it activates so much fear because we got trained to believe that all these things were gonna be there to take care of us or they were gonna be there in certain ways that we could count on. And of course now they're not. This this work, this is the practical part of this, this whole awakening is to realize that there's a part in us, the God source spirit, whatever you want to call it in us, wants to take over, not like it's possessing us, but right. wants to take over because there is an easier, funner way that we were not exposed to because we were being exposed to the old you know, right. way of drudgery and working hard and, and fear and shame and guilt and, and competition. How, when your clients begin to understand that they, they, they're powerful, when they begin to see yes. that they can shift their thoughts, because yes. to me, that's when it begins to happen. Yeah. Um, what are you noticing that they begin to discover that they can do once they, they can shift their thoughts? What opens up for them? Maybe it's a better question. I think the ability to like some things that they thought were permanent no longer hold permanence and at the very low level um overwhelm and anxiety and if we don't if we don't give power to overwhelm and anxiety then think of how much freedom that they've got so they don't understand that they're getting sovereignty and freedom they recognize they're no longer existing with overwhelm and anxiety that is a game changer for them I mean, across the board. And once they're not wasting energy and time going back in the past and worried in the future, past and the future, I don't have to teach them how to be in the present. We're just going to stop going to the past and stop going to the future. And as a byproduct, they're in the present. That's the kind of the way that I teach on things, because sometimes we go directly at things. And it's um, just like with the structures breaking down. If I taught my clients that structures were going to break down, they would go immediately into fear. But if we if we look at the things that are breaking down within us now, 
and get excited about it and appreciate it and understand it like the caterpillar and the butterfly, then they can look forward to the breakdown. And then all of a sudden when the structures do start to break down, they've already experienced it within their own self. The experience yeah. of it is the important part. And, and, yeah. and then I don't have to tell them, it's just like, oh, and over here is like you too, sweetheart. And we talk to ourselves like that, sweetheart. So yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, love, love, love that. This is, it's so much fun, so much fun chatting with you. So let's let's use the, the remainder of our time. I want you to share, what are some of the most important lessons that you have learned that if you had to pick like the top two, three lessons that have been so transformative, that if nobody comes to one of your classes or reads your books or, or sees anything that you offer, but you really want them to get, the essence of those teachings, what would you say are those two or three? And I'll, I'll share my two or three as well. Okay, let's see. Um, I like the idea that there's, there's nothing that's ever gone wrong. There's, there's no failure, that there's no, there's, there's nothing in our past that is something that we, if we're looking back on anything and saying it shouldn't have happened, then it, we haven't really understood what our soul essence is here for. And to re, if we can look back on the movie reel of our past and put a different soundtrack to it, make it a funny soundtrack, do something else, look back from it and sit back with the popcorn. You know, I love the popcorn and 2020, 2021, we all need some popcorn. And to look at it and realize that we were the director in the whole show. We were the ones who employed all the actors in it. We wrote the script and we're watching it at the same time. If we could really see that we play all the characters in our life and, and recognize that we never go to a movie that's just Pollyanna, that we choose some action adventures, we, sh we choose some drama tearjerkers. Well, then of course our character played that role also. And bravo, look at how great we did. If we can do that, for me, that's one of the best lessons, to look back on our life with amazement and wonderment and appreciation. And in whatever way we have to do that, once we've done it and, and have done it on one thing that was tragic and traumatic, everything else, the rest of our life, it, we can't undo that. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. You, you'll, <laughs> you, you'll appreciate when I share this with you, laugh, you'll relate. Um, in my workshops, whenever people, you know, and obviously this is for those of you who are listening, I am a very compassionate person. But when I've got people in a workshop, especially when we do a one year mastery program together, and we get really raw and real, we share what's going on, it is for the purpose of learning. And inside of, of teaching, one of the things that I do is when people tell me their, their story about the drama and the, the, the horrible things that happen, it's like, and you get an Oscar. I have one of my students what, brought in a, a little Oscar to the class. She's like, here are you, Alina, here's the Oscars. Oh my um, because it is, we, when, I love that that is one of the I'm gonna to have to echo that as one of the most important lessons that I have learned is that all of this and of course it's if you're earlier on the journey it's hard to understand that all of this is consciousness this is all nothing but consciousness yeah when you're further down on the journey you begin to realize that we we work 
um, consciousness and then consciousness, which means our thoughts create something different. If we created that drama is because we really thought that that drama was real. Being mad, being angry, being upset, being abandoned, that that was really real. But it was just in the real, you know, in the movie reel is exactly. where it was real. But once you decide to shift that reel and you want to create something new that is going to be equally as real and you change your perception, you shift your thinking, what do I want instead? You will create that as well. And to me, that's one of the most my favorite things, like you were saying, when people see that they can change their mind about something and that they can create something else and see the the, the shift. And sometimes it can happen rather quickly. Sometimes it takes maybe a year or two before yeah. it actually manifests because things take time. So I echo that with you. Don't, don't, don't take this so seriously because it really, at the end of the day, we incarnate to participate in our own movie. Yeah. We and came here on purpose. On purpose. So if you know you're going to uh, yeah. be acting out in the movie, then the important thing is to assume the position of director so that there you can begin to write the script in the way that you would prefer it to be as opposed to assuming that it's it's or it's you know done by others and you have no power so i i love that um it, it is you can't do it wrong there is no such thing as failure yeah. it's happening as it goes what is another uh, let's, we got time for at least one, one more lesson each. One more recently that came for me because my father came to me in non-physical form and he taught me so many lessons. So, and I didn't expect that he would because he wasn't the image of like spiritual greatness in my mind, but he and, and my ancestors came forward and they said that everything that we feel, they feel also and that it's important for us to know that. And when when they when they came to me, I was on a stage and and I said, well, who is here? Who can feel? And it was like the house lights came up and they were all cheering all my ancestors. They were all in the room as if they're here right now. And they just were so like, you're doing a great job. They were speaking to me and I was like, I am. I'm doing a great. They're like, yes, you're doing a great job. But what, what the important thing for me that I need to share with people because they told me recently is that our emotions matter in other dimensions. And so it's, it's, yeah. it's like when we get that level of responsibility, then we really have to understand that it's not just us and humanity. It's the entire universe is affected by our consciousness, by our emotions. And, and that, that level, then that makes it really important for me to be aware and awake and to be on this path with intention and purpose. And so if nobody understood and knew that, once we kind of do understand that that ripple is beyond just humanity and that everybody's is feeling and feeling the ripple of that all through the universe, then that level is important to me. Mm, yeah. Powerful, yes, absolutely. We are sending off, we're, we're sending off frequencies. Yes, yes. Thank, you. thank you for sharing that. I think the other one that I wanna share is, um, you know, people ask me, so what is all this pain, this grief, this sadness that I feel, this, this, you know, uh, I guess grief, 
when somebody dies or mm. when when something ends, a relationship ends, or when something completes, usually at the at the, at the end of something, yeah. why why do we feel so much pain with somebody that we you know cared about or loved? And that grief is in direct proportion to the love withheld. Because if love is given fully, completely, at the completion of a job, at the completion of a marriage, at the completion of you know death, if you understand that yes. everything is one, and we only shift uh, you know form from from being physical to non, nobody really dies. There is no finality. Then there is nothing but the taking a bow for the performance. Thank you. This chapter is complete. There's yes. an enjoyment. Everybody gets their Oscar and moves on with joy in their right. hearts for having played the part. But the grief is is a representation of the love that we have withheld only because when we don't understand that we are one, we operate with conditional love. We withhold yeah. love. We punish people yeah. for yeah. not not loving us enough. You you didn't do what I wanted you to do. You know, boss, you didn't give me the promotion, and and we withhold and we don't understand that our joy is is directly connected to the amount of love that we share so if we empty ourselves of love the love that we have when we come to the completion there is only a all there's left to do is the realization of how fun how joyful this life was there, there would be no grief there would be a just oh my gosh this is so excited. I can't wait to see you in the next round. Are you incarnating again? Are we going to incarnate together? What roles are we going to play? So that that was really profound for me. And it, it caused me to make sure that like you were saying, they feel what we feel. So yeah. I want to extend love. I want to open myself up and empty myself of all the love and light that I brought to share on this planet. Yeah. And Sweet sister, you are so precious with your share. Thank you for your generosity and you. your your beauty, your brilliance, your magnificence. Please let everybody know how can they find you? Because I'm sure some of these people that watch this or hear the podcast later on are going to want to connect with you. Sure. I have um, a, a Facebook group and it's, it's, it's a private Facebook group that's hidden in plain sight. And it's called A Wonderful Playground. Wonderful being my name for God. And so if anybody's interested in a, a place of similar vibration people, then we would love for you to join that over there. And then I have uh, a, a face, uh, a website that I created and the spirit of my website says, I'm no longer talk bad about it just because I created her that I need to love the, my own website as much as any other creation. And it's called www.jenny.life. Um, I'm a life coach, certified life coach. And over there I have um, Instagram links and some blogs and some newsletters. And also if you want to sign up for one-on-one -on -one private coaching, that's a possibility there too. I have a presence on Facebook and on Instagram, Jenny Vestal Coaching. My last name is Vestal, like Vestal Virgin. And um, there's a link tree available. So. Well, yeah. let me just let me just spell this for those who are going to be listening to this as a podcast. So uh, when you go to her website, Jenny, G-I-N-N-I-E dot life, L-I-F-E. 
Yes. If you're going to go to her website. And then, of course, on Facebook is a wonderful playground. Look for that. Search for that. I'm in that playground and it is a wonderful place to be. It's very loving. It's it's uh, and lots of like minded people. So you anybody who wants to be in a community of like minded folks who wants to not only expand your awareness, but if you have a if you have an expanded awareness, expanded sense of self come and share it in there so that yeah. we can all expand the playground together and well my entourage told me to say that also i'm also available in the non-physical realm so if you go out on the multi-dimensional world wide web you can find me there too so. oh i love that thank you so yeah. much well i am grateful that you were on this episode of align with lina and i look forward to um you know, seeing more of you in the playground and around because we are definitely traveling together. And anybody watching this, it, I've got a, a free online course. Go to my website, lineorlando.com, and it is called The Soul's Journey, and it'll help you understand the journey that our soul is on while we are on this planet. Thank you all so much. Thank Love you. you. Love, Love you. you. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye-bye.